Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. In this episode, we're discussing self-love. Okay, yeah, that's going to be great. Before we get into it, though, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Our mission, our last mission was to do something fun. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? Um, I think it went pretty well. I'll admit um, I have not had a lot of opportunities to do fun stuff. So my fun thing was I went home to see my family. So my family lives a little bit of ways away. Uh, So I went to visit my mom and my grandpa and we had lunch and it was wonderful. Um, So that was my fun thing and I really enjoyed it. And it was a beautiful sunny day. It was cold as all get out, but Sometimes when you're inside, you just forget how cold it is as long as the sun is shining. Um, And so it was just nice to uh, visit and see them because it's been a long, it's been a couple of months since I've had an opportunity to see my family. So it was lovely and we had a very good time. How about for you? I love that. You know, it was interesting because when we just came up with a mission, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the paddle boats. I'm going to go to the museum. I'm going to do something fun. But all of that felt like a lot of work in the moment. So I did none of that. And I decided to instead bring a little bit of fun to things I was already doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that would be less energy. So I've been mm-hmm. trying to fall in love with movement, like that book we were talking about. And uh, to make it fun, I started listening to really upbeat, happy songs and allowing myself because one of the advantages, the joy of movement talks about in that book, it talks about like community and all this. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I don't want to go into a gym and have people breathe on me. None of this feels real. So instead I was like, what is something that could make this fun? Like walking on the treadmill that I slide out from underneath my bed, right? Uh, What could make this fun? that only I could do alone. And I started singing way loud while I walk on the treadmill because Mm -hmm. you can't do that in a gym. That's something you can only do alone. Because honestly, that book was starting to make me feel left out, Brianna. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I don't have a community of like-minded workout people at all. I'm not workout people. Uh, And also I'm kind of um, introverted. So it doesn't, you know, all I think is, how could I make that happen without being too stressed? So mm-hmm. I, I sang really loudly. And then since I had to grocery shop and I had to cook meals anyway, I decided that I would make a new recipe. And I made, for the first time from scratch, shrimp with snow peas. And it was fantastic. And there was so much shrimp because I didn't know how much to buy that uh, we were able to give some to the neighbors. And that was a good time. So I just try to bring a little bit more fun to the things that I had to do. And I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to do more of it. That's great. I love that. Um, (laughs) I love picturing you uh, jamming out on the treadmill. I think that's wonderful. Um, So that takes us right into our episode and our discussion for this week. (laughs) Oh, boy. So this week we're talking about self-love. Christy, when I I say self-love, what does that mean for you? That means... A lot of discomfort for me. When we originally came up with the idea of this episode, I wanted, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm doing this thing where I'm really heavily into the Clifton strengths. So I'm trying to embrace what I like about me. And I thought we're going to do the positive view on you, the positive view and have positive thoughts on yourself. 
And then I was like, well, how can we go more with that? How can we do, you know, a phrase that people are looking for and the word self-love popped into my mind and I did my research and the phrase made me feel incredibly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in a way that really screamed a lot, that screamed out loud, like the positive self-talk episode. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, well, then we have to talk about this. And so I know what self-love means and I know why it makes me feel uncomfortable because it sounds kind of hokey and it sounds trite in face of what the feat is, but actually Mm -hmm. how can it sound so, you know what, the grandiosity of it actually is what's daunting, self-love. But when you look into what it is, it makes more sense. And I remember somebody telling me that I are hearing the phrase, love is an action. And I believe self-love is an action as well. And it's an action I have been afraid to tackle head on that I think Mm -hmm. if I am going to be the positive person I profess to being, that self-love is going to be a key for, me, for me to fulfill my life's purpose. And if I can't start with loving myself, actually, I think you can start anywhere you want, but At this stage in the game, I think a little bit of self-love is in order. And so for me, it's going to be, if love is an action, self-love is an action. And I have to move in the world and believe in myself in a way that says, I love me and the gifts I've been given. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. I'm, I mean, of course, I just don't know what to say. (laughs) It makes me as uncomfortable, just as uncomfortable to talk about. I think when you said, how about the positive view on you? I was like, yes. Oh, that's so positive. And it's so encouraging. And let's do that. And then you said, how about, well, actually what you said was, oh no. (laughs) When you decide, then you said, how about self-love? And it was an immediate, like, oh goodness. I don't know if I can talk about that because it 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 really does change things. I don't know why it it just it's it's like almost like in my mind I was like, "Oh, that's taking it a step too far." <laughs> um, but, and then of course it was like, "Well, then yes, of course we have to talk about it because both of us immediately just wanted to run away." <laughs> so, I I think I very much had the similar reaction to that as we had when we, um, in the positive self-talk episode and talking, I guess, positively about ourselves um, or positively to ourselves, rather. I think there is, for me, a, a fair amount of baggage that we can, you know, kind of talk about or unpack a little bit here, but uh, the positive, excuse me, the self-love the idea that I would have such an aversion to thinking about having love for myself is interesting. And then, of course, that I'm finding it so hard to articulate also interesting. Um, So I guess I'm going to just say I'm looking forward to uh, jumping into this with you. Absolutely. And I'm going to start off by saying, 
even though I don't entirely mean it, that I love that we're uncomfortable talking about self-love, Brianna. I love that we're embracing that discomfort <laughs> and we're pushing through and we're going to learn. Listen, I if you would if you would ask me, Christy, do you love yourself? I would say sure. Um, and then I would think of how can I get out of this conversation with uncomfortable imaginary person because this is going to be weird. Because mm -hmm. frankly, a lot of people who talk about self-love sometimes to me sound condescending and trite, and they have this voice that feels like the tone of a spiritual person, but they're almost shaming me because I don't have the appropriate amount of self-love that doesn't manifest itself in like I, my brain automatically thinks of a meditation room and a sauna and people who have more money than me. And just, you know, all these things are, well, you, what you really have to do though, Christy, is, is, is you have to love yourself. And they're saying in a way that makes me angry instead of happy or filled with love. It, it, and, and I don't know why I have such a visceral reaction. It's because I almost don't believe them. I, mm -hmm. I so ingrained in me to be humorous and to demean myself or to mm -hmm. dim myself or to find fault with myself, that the idea of expressing love to myself and then talking about it sounds as if I'm inviting the world to think of me as a conceited jerk. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, if I saw a little kid and she said, I love mommy, I love daddy, I love me, and meant it all the same thing, I would be touched. And I would think, I want you to keep that for forever. But as a grown-up woman, I feel like I can say, I love Brianna the way she is. I love my friend Chris exactly as he is. If I say, I love me as I am, well, that actually kind of feels pretty good. I love me as I am. Well, that doesn't feel as bad as I thought it was. And, oh, no, here it is. There it is. Now I just imagine somebody hearing that, and now I feel terrible. So <laughs> um, it's not – it's that I deeply want to feel the love that I have for myself, flaws and all. But I live in such fear that the world – will react punishingly, possibly violently angry toward me because of that, that makes me hesitate. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. And I do, I really want to say thank you for sharing all of that because I think you articulated it so well and, and I just appreciate I'll just say I appreciate the vulnerability in sharing that because I don't know that I can necessarily say why it makes me so uncomfortable to talk about this except to similarly to say that I feel like there I too have this expectation that you're supposed to that I'm supposed to be more in tuned with what needs to be fixed about myself. Like I need to be more in tuned with what's not right about me and, and be more consumed with fixing that to get to some um, ideal state, I guess, some <laughs> that 
I don't know what that ideal state necessarily even is, but it feels like um, up until maybe a few, I don't know, how, it doesn't matter how many years ago, but up until a while ago when I started doing more personal work, personal kind of development work, that there was this kind of, again, this ideal, perfect maybe not perfect, but definitely better than wherever I was, right? State that I was always supposed to be striving for. Um, and I feel like to say that I loved myself or that I had a positive view of myself somehow meant that I wasn't that I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need to get any better or somehow I, I don't, again, not articulating it well, but there was this like imaginary place that I needed to like something like that I needed to attain or get to. And self-love definitely wasn't a part of that. Even if once I got to that place, I don't know that self-love was ready to meet me there or was going to be there, you know, when I, when I reached it. So it just feels like self-love wasn't really a part of my vocabulary until recently. And I mean, obviously not, because when you said it today, <laughs> even when we were talking about it and we would kind of banter the words back and forth, I kind of got a little nauseous. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I jokingly did the, you know, the fake vomiting sound just to be funny, but I'm not kidding. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> And it is very uncomfortable because, like you said, it just feels like, you know, we've both talked about this sense of having that um, feeling, that sense of big headedness or like there's a sense of arrogance if you feel at all positive about yourself. And definitely to say if I love my having this idea that if I say I love myself, my goodness, it's like, oh, my gosh, someone's coming somewhere to knock me down all the pegs, not just a peg or two, but like all the pegs. Um, and so now that I can see this, um, well, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I absolutely agree. I think the hope behind having self-love is that you're able to move through the world, I can only imagine, with a sense of security and a sense of joy, at least that is contained within yourself. And then you have the ability to reflect that outwards. I think there's so many gifts that self-love can bring us, but the problem for me has been things like shame and other people and other people's view <laughs> on lack of shame and other people's view on the things that they don't love about me. And, mm -hmm. and the fear that if I love me as I am, I will not change. And I think, you know, okay, so there's the hope, there's the problem. What's the solution? The solution is to chuck that whole tainted way of thinking out the window. Because I've known since you and I started focusing on the positive view that if I love myself, it doesn't mean, it doesn't preclude improvement. If I love myself, I'm likely to improve more, right? Because I care enough to invest in myself. And I think one of the things that I was so afraid of was that I'd be judged and that if I didn't, if I started accepting and moreover loving myself, then I would just feel secure. And from that security, I would never change. But the truth of the matter is life changes us. 
And a lot of the ways I treated myself because I don't love myself all the time. I don't love myself a lot. And how can I say that? I pay a lot of lip service to the concept that I love myself. But they say love is an action, right? And we were looking up on that brain and behavior website and they say things like prioritizing yourself. Do I do that? More so now, but not in the past. And could I do it more? Yes, yes, I could. Talking to and about yourself with love is one of the things they cite. Brianna, I mean, I can't wait to listen back to this podcast to see what it is I'm saying about me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 they talk about things like being true to yourself and setting boundaries that are healthy with people and forgiving yourself when you're not like at your best. And if I'm absolutely honest, despite the fact that we've done all this work, I can see that there is a lot of room of improvement for that. And I feel like, especially when it comes to my health, and I'm middle-aged now, I'm in the third quarter, I could see how I had great health, but because I didn't have great love of myself, I didn't cherish that gift as much as I could have, which I can learn to love, but my low self-esteem made me not invest in myself as I could have. And I was very invested in how smart I was. And I really valued that part about me. And I can see where I made investments in my thinking over and over and over again. But I did not do that with my appearance because I felt very insecure. I didn't have, when I was very young, I had a lot of love for the way I looked. And the world did not reflect that love back at me. Mm-hmm. And I took on that erroneous point of view and stopped investing in that way. And I can see how if you do love what you do, you invest in it. If you love who you are, you invest in it. And I want to be nice to myself and true to myself and set healthy boundaries and be able to move in the world and love me and think if you don't, that's your problem, not mine. Maybe it's because you don't love you. You can't love me. But I think as I learn to love myself more, I'll be able to love others more. I think my judgment stems from that lack of self-love. And I think mm-hmm. it isolates me and makes me lonely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I think you have hit the nail on the head when we talk about uh, we have to be, we have to start with self-love to be able to give love. I think that that is absolutely key because I do, I would say, you know, I've, I mean, obviously we've talked about it before, both on the, you know, podcast and in our own personal conversations, but it is so much of our kind of, as with most people, right, our sense of um, much of our kind of sense of self, how we developed our sense of self is from what's been mirrored to us from the external world, whether it's from, you know, um, you know, positive or negative, but it comes from the external, like what we see out in the world. As you said, you had a really um, a lot of self-love for the way you looked until you maybe got until not maybe until you got messaging to the contrary. 
And I would say, you know, similar to that um, is the sense of one of the, I would say, one of the challenges for me has been um, trying to navigate the the disparity or or the can't think of like the the contrary experience of actually liking yourself and thinking good things about yourself but then getting that messaging from external sources whatever they may be that these things about yourself that you like and I'll say the things about yourself that you even love aren't okay and aren't good enough and and having you know there's real suffering and real um I'll just I'll use that word there's just so much suffering that comes in trying to navigate especially as a as a kid right there's so much that comes in trying to navigate that suffering of like but I like me or I love me or I love this thing about me but the world or somebody uh, is telling me that's not lovable or that's not uh, something to be loved I guess and so there's suffering there. And so I think what I have done in the, I guess, in the past is just kind of shut all of that down. And so I just stopped even thinking about, you know, kind of myself in that way. Um, I'm really good at avoidance, <laughs> even when it's, you know, talking about positive, negative, I can just, I can just straight up ignore things, um, which is not healthy. And I am working on it. Um, I've talked here a bunch about just kind of getting back in touch with some of my uh, emotions and some of that, those things that kind of shut down for a long time. <clears throat> but um, I do think it's important that we have to uh, talk about this, even though it makes us uncomfortable, because it is that self-love for, it is that love for ourselves that's going to allow us to move through the world and I think, be kind and compassionate and loving to others so that the things that potentially were done to us, we are not going to then perpetuate and do to other people. I absolutely agree. I just think it's really interesting, this concept that, I mean, it's episode 92 of the Positive View podcast, and we're just now getting to self-love. I find that amazing mm -hmm. and how it never even occurred to me that that should be an episode but it is I think if I look back on all the episodes that we've done they're all kind of dancing around this subject mm -hmm. it, and one of the things I have a hard time doing sometimes is taking a generous view of myself and my faults you know I remember when I went to Agape Michael Beckwith's church in um what is it was that culver city was that somewhere on the west side here in la um and i remember going and when you're new they ask you to stand up and everybody raises their hands towards you and they say really kind and loving things towards you when you actually can feel that energy but i was afraid to stand up the first time and somebody literally had to plead with me to do it like it's really beautiful do it and people were sending this positive energy toward me. 
And all I could do in the face of these smiling people and all these positivity was I, like, try not to focus on looking anyone in the eye. I was so uncomfortable to receive that energy. And then the later date when I'd been there more often and I saw it done, I wished I could have taken it in. And I don't know if you were there with me. There was this one day that I went and they did it. And a woman stood up and she looked around and she saw all these people like holding their hands out to the energy, giving it to her and saying all these kind things. And she threw her hands open. Do you know what I mean? And like sort of basked in the sunshine of it. And it was joyous and wonderful. And I remember thinking, why did I think of that? Why did I just let all this goodness in? And I think this is why, Brianna. I think somewhere I got the idea that it was conceited to love myself, flaws and all. And I do think that there is a vested interest in people making others small because they make it easier for you to manipulate. You'll buy their things. You'll do what they want. And, um, and it's also a learned habit that we get from other people. And somewhere I adopted this and I've just defaulted to it, despite the fact that I've put a lot of energy into improving myself, but I never thought of it in these terms. And it's so funny to think that two little words that I have no problem with put together like self-love causes me that zing of anxiety and shame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I please know that when I'm kind of laughing or giggling, it is all out of discomfort. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's oh, I relate. Yeah, I don't think good. you're like, ha, 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 shame on Christy. Do you know what I mean? I know. No, no, no. no it's no, all no, like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Um, so, it, right. And I, I just, it is incredible how changing the idea from just, I'm going to think positively about myself right? To, to actually saying, I'm going to talk about actually loving myself can just have such a, just change the whole context or change the whole feeling around it. But do think some of that there is, I don't know, we've been talking about this week, uh, Brene Brown has come up a lot um, in my conversations this week. You and I have talked about uh, Brene Brown and, and in some other conversations I've had. And she talks, you know, she works a lot. Um, her work, I should say, um, touches a lot on vulnerability. And I think anytime you're talking about love, you're talking about vulnerability and even loving ourselves. I'll say it, even talking about loving myself feels very, very vulnerable obviously talking about it in this context of a podcast where anybody can hear it, super vulnerable. But even if you and I were just talking about it, which I wish we maybe would have done a little bit beforehand, <laughs> a little bit more. Um, but even if you and I were doing it, it would feel very vulnerable. And I've known you forever. But to say, you know, here's what I'm doing to either work on my self-love or here's how I feel about self-love because I don't know why, but to talk about love in that context is vulnerable because I don't know. It's almost as if obviously someone can say something 
hurtful about, you know, if I talk about what, what I love about myself or why I feel so much self-love for my, you know, so much love for myself, someone could say something that's hurtful, but it would be, that would definitely be my choice, whether I believe them or not. You know, I have a pretty good sense of discernment at this point to know whether they're, you know, their, their comments are like constructive criticism and feedback or like they're just being kind of a jerk. Um, But I think the vulnerable part, I feel like then maybe I'm vulnerable to myself, if that makes sense. Because, you know, when I'm talking about self-love, I do think that means I have to be honest about, it makes me feel like I have to be honest about what I do like the good and the not so good. I don't like to say good and bad, but I'll say the like the good and then maybe the things that I need to work on. I think you use the term flaws. I'll I'll take that. Um because I think that as a younger person, uh I didn't always have the skills to work on those flaws and so I just kind of was like, I let's just not even think about it or Um, I'm going to just leave it alone. And then because I wasn't, I knew something needed to be worked on or I needed to do something, but I wasn't doing it. And then the shame kicked in and then, you know, there's kind of a spiral there. So now it is that sense of, okay, I have obviously more knowledge and skills and, and the ability to kind of work on these things, but it's still very vulnerable to say, um, I love myself. And here are some things I need to work on. I will say it's easier for me to look at the things that I need to work on (laughs) than to uh, look at the positives. Um, But I'm working on that too, uh, to be a little, to be able to see um, my strengths, I guess, and not just see the flaws. Uh, But that's, you know, that's definitely a, that's in the works. And and that's, that's, (laughs) that's definitely in the works. It's so interesting because what I've really been getting into is I have, there's a company Gallup now owns it, but there's a concept where I've mentioned it on other podcasts called Clifton strengths. And what they do is they take an assessment taste. That's really just an elaborate survey that Gallup puts together. And they take a look at the talents that you have innately in yourself. And their concept is rather than change who you are, you should harness the talents that you have and stop trying to tone them down or do whatever and make yourself fit into somebody else's criteria, but take the natural way you are and channel them in a way and put them in an environment that allows you to share your gifts with the world and become best in class. Right. And I think so often, especially when we're young, we don't have the power to change our environment. So we are forced to almost change ourselves to fit in. And some kids naturally rebel against that. And um, there are also some of us who rebel in some ways and, and then not in others. Like I conformed in some ways and then I gave up on conforming because that just made me seem even weirder. Um, <laughs> and so for me, what I really love about that concept is. A lot of the flaws that I've seen in myself are actually 
not flaws. They're just assets that don't match other people's assets. For instance, one of the concepts that I have, one of the things about me that is fun and interesting is that I'm very creative and uh, my mind works very quickly. However, sometimes that can lead to me being distracted and not finishing what I've started. But I'm a great starter. I have like, they call it activator. I'm like a number four activator. I'm like good at getting started. Like I have a strong start. It looks like I'm going to do great. And then I wander off. I'm the classic tortoise in the tortoise. No, no, not tortoise. I'm the hare. I've always resented the tortoise. And one of the things that I've done with that talent of being a strong starter, right, is I've just lamented my poor closing skills. Instead of doing something like, I'm the strong starter, let me run the first leg in this relay. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think my lack of self-love and my critical nature has made me turn almost exclusively to my flaws as what to invest in, as opposed to, I think, with more self-love and a positive view on me. Um, which I'm only recently coming to, I can look at some of my inherent talents and just feed those. And I think a lot of it just stems from me not feeling good enough as I am. And the truth is, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think there is something so... There's something so freeing when you finally, I talk to myself, there has been something so freeing when I finally could recognize like, oh, I can actually spend more time and energy looking at these. First of all, let's just even back up two steps. I have things that I'm good at and I can focus on them. Awesome. (laughs) So that's number one. And that is so, has been helpful. But then to really say I can, it's okay to celebrate those things and appreciate those things about yourself. I mean, that is really just new, new thinking. And to be able to, you know, almost like a new skill I've had to learn is to be able to hold both that strength Okay, so, okay, I got this and this is what I can do really well. And here's where I'm going to focus the bulk of my energy. Okay, so I've got that part. And then the other part of that, then the the second, like the skill is then also trying to simultaneously have some awareness of where, where do I maybe get tripped up or what are those things that aren't my innate strengths so that I at least can have some awareness of them so that I don't okay, this, stick with me here, because this is how my (laughs) spiral can start. So that I have an awareness of them and can monitor, kind of keep an eye out, mitigate any kind of um, challenge this, you know, lack of a strength might throw my way, so that I don't get this erroneous impression that because I maybe didn't do something perfectly or because this one thing kind of tripped me up that somehow it's all ruined. 
And then that means that I'm terrible. And then the shame spiral starts. And now I'm definitely not in a space where I'm talking to myself with any kind of, you know, loving kind of voice or verbiage or, you know, whatever. Um, I think that there's just some, there's just a, there's a newness there that helps me. It's, you know, at first when I was looking at this from a perspective of, oh, I've got these innate strengths and that's what I'm going to look at. True. So true. Um, I've found my, you know, kind of these things that are kind of like, oh, that's why sometimes it's like, oh, that's why things are a little bit easier for me. But sometimes it's like, oh, that's why things are a little bit harder for me because my brain just doesn't, that's just how my brain works. Um, but I, I, I think then the other kind of piece of that is I also still need to be aware of the things that I'm not necessarily, that aren't going to come naturally so that I can almost like give myself a break. Not mm-hmm. that I, not that I excuse one thing, like when I make a mistake, not that I don't learn from my mistakes, but my goodness, I'm going to make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. I need to learn from them. I need to, if, you know, it involves someone else, of course, apologize for them, whatever. But I just spent so much time feeling like every, like you just have to spend so much time on the negative side of things. And that's just not, just doesn't make for any kind of, um, positive view on yourself or any kind of, it makes it very difficult, I guess, to be in any sort of, um, I don't know, like to have any kind of loving view of yourself if all you're focused on is how you're messing things up or not getting it right or, you know, perfection was a big one for me. So I'm not perfect at this thing. Um, or I personally, like I'm, I have less worth because I'm not perfect because I don't match up or meet some, again, imaginary or it's not always imaginary because I don't meet some ideal that somebody somewhere way outside of me has set that I feel like I have to somehow make, uh, meet. I absolutely agree. It's interesting because I know some of it is a learned behavior because I can recall like very specific times where I secretly loved myself, but got the cue from those around me that I shouldn't. And I remember Mm -hmm. distinctly in high school, everybody had to take like a half a semester of performing arts. However, I was a violinist, so I didn't have to take it, but I also wanted to take typing. And for some reason, the way my schedule worked, the only way for me to get typing, because it was like only a half, like half the year you get typing and then a half the year you get this performing arts, was for me to take this dance class. So they just put me in a dance class because that was where I had to be, you know, for my hours to line up. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. how dare you? Like, this is a waste of my time. And then we had to get in these um, leotards with tights. <laughs> and I'd never worn any form-fitting clothing before because I was very busty as a very young person. I just, just like one day, small child, summer, the next summer went by and then 
bam, you know what I mean? Boobs are yours, you know? So mm -hmm. I wore these really, really baggy clothes. And I remember like, this is the uniform and I was a good kid. So I went out and I got the uniform exactly as she instructed. And I put on my tights and leotard. And I remember, you know, you go into the dance room and there's all these glass mirror like all these mirrors all over the place so you can see your form and it made me stand up straight and when i stood up straight in my leotard and think now i was a 14 year old girl i look great in my leotard i actually remember looking going i i actually look pretty nice in this outfit like i wouldn't mm -hmm. have gotten a nice look for me and um i remember secretly hoping maybe somebody would see me walking from <laughs> from the gym to there and my two really close friends in dance class had bought like these oversized shirts and these shorts, like these, you know, like a bottom, like a, I don't know, some sort of different way to do it so they can wear baggy clothes. Um, and I remember them like teasing me. Oh, you look so proud of yourself. Don't you? Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember thinking I should be ashamed and lying and said my mother insisted that I get the right uniform but the truth was I went and picked out the uniform and I liked it and I remember when we had the costumes for the dance and getting to be in the dance show I was so happy and proud of myself but I could share it with no one and from there I just started to decide that I didn't like my body because that's what my friends were doing and I slowly um, now I'm sure age also helped. And, uh, the Doritos, actually, I don't eat Doritos. <laughs> Doritos is such a funny word. I, um, <laughs> I eat chips and dip and McDonald's. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm sure the certain number of McRibs and the proper number of McRibs to eat in life is maybe four. And I've had way more. <laughs> um, I don't uh, even know. I, I think zero McRibs is probably the way I call it. <laughs> Despite my McRib tangent, I am just saying that some of it is beamed at us and it's my job to be a good steward of my own self-worth. And I know a lot of other really cool people that were like, somebody tried to shame them and they were like, yeah, I look great. And they had nothing to say. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I was like, oh man, I love that for them. And now I want to love that for me. I want to, I want to onboard that attitude because I did look good in that outfit. And, and you know what, maybe I'm not as thin and maybe, you know, I was 14 then and I'm 50 now. Uh, but I can still love myself where I am because I regretted not loving myself then. Mm -hmm. When is it going to stop, Brianna? When is it going to mm -hmm. stop? <laughs> 10 years from now, I'd be like, why did I have a problem when I was 50? I look fine. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when is it going to stop? I'm not going to keep doing this. It's a trap. Uh, just mm -hmm. like Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I love it. I love that there's, uh, when you said uh, um, that there are some people who say, uh, no, I look great. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's an option? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so excited. Um, and, and it, not even just, you know, I know particularly for women, it really, you know, how we look, um, is often, uh, a source for us, uh, for that sense of, you know, positive or excuse me, that sense of self-love and, and how we think about ourselves, um, how we look 
is a big factor or can be a factor in that, but it's not even just that. I, I, I know for me, it is any kind of accomplishment is very difficult for me to talk about and accept any kind of positive, <laughs> positive feedback for, I'll say, um, because I think too, I, there was that messaging early on that if you, like, if you're in school and you do well, um, people have thoughts about that, right? Like uh, other, you know, friends, even your friends, other students, you know, have, you know, you become the teacher's pet or blah, 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 whatever. Um, but all of that to say that there's something, you know, those comments say that there's something about you that's not quite right. And if you don't have some sort of counter messaging, even, you know, hopefully that's coming from inside, but when we're kids, we don't maybe have the skills yet, or we don't have the experience yet to know where that, what that is. But I do now um, to be able to say like, hold on a second, when, when those things come, I can, I can change those immediate sort of thought patterns to say, wait a second, no, you know what? That actually isn't true. I, um, I, I have had people say, even now as an adult, <laughs> where I've gotten, um, you know, some sort of recognition for something maybe that I've done at work and people will make snarky comments about it, um, that I'm, you know, brown nosing or whatever. And I'm, I now just know I'm doing a darn good job. Um, and I also know that that comment coming at me isn't, isn't about me. They've got something going on internally where, as you said earlier, um, that's going on with their self-love. And so I can recognize it now. I'm not going to say that I don't still feel kind of bad or that I don't have a moment where I'm like, man, <laughs> can I just have this? Um, but, but I do think that I'm getting better at, at not internalizing someone else's thoughts or negativity. Uh, so that I can think more positively about myself. Now, having said that, I'm still struggling with calling it self-love, but I commit to working on it. And I totally know what you mean. It's so interesting to see. Do you remember the, the Whitney Houston song, The Greatest Love of All? Yes, of course. Sang in the okay. basement all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I remember reading in essay or hearing some commentary. I don't remember where, but I remember distinctly hearing someone say, it's just like the selfish me, me eighties that the greatest love of all isn't the love of a mother for her child, but it's the love that you have for yourself because the eighties is so self-absorbed. And I remember thinking, yeah, why is the love of yourself the greatest love of all? But it isn't until this very self-love podcast that I understand the concept, right? Mm -hmm. I I couldn't even let the incredibly talented Whitney Houston really let me absorb that message. I love the song, but did I really absorb the message of the greatest love of all is the love that's happening inside of me? No, Brianna. No, 
No, I'm sorry. Are you the most talented vocalist of my generation? Yeah. Yeah. Do I love this song? Is it a tremendous hit that's played on the radio, beamed at me 20 times? Yeah. Did you take on that message? No, 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 no. This girl said something bad to me in my dance class. Do you know what I mean? Like, really? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How did I miss that? I'll be honest. I Really? That's the greatest (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and listen to that song now. Maybe that's going to have to change. Our, to the, that's going to be our mission for the week. Yeah, it's no. a listen to Whitney Houston's Greatest Love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. Wait, well, wait, wait. Are you telling me you didn't know that's what that song is about? Didn't know at all. Mm-mm. And I <laughs> sang that song all the time as a kid. All the time. Had it on cassette. Yeah. Wow. I'm like trying to run through the lyrics in my head right now, but I can't multitask. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going it. to revisit. I'll revisit. Um, wow. Okay. So self-love, definitely something to work on. Uh, think about. <laughs> Brianna, allow, can I just say, I believe yeah. that children are our future. Teach them well, let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them the sense of pride to make it easier. Remind, do you see, searching for a hero, people need someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs, a lonely place to be. And so I learned to depend on me. The greatest love of all is happening to me. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. We sang this song completely like never taking on the message. And I'm sure it also has a lot to do with God, right? The, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's a deeply spiritual love, but it's the fact that it's self-generated. Learning to mm-hmm. literally learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Those are actually in these lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we sang wow. them out loud and was like, disregard. Right. <laughs> and it's not, not like, compute. <laughs> well, it's not as if, you know, Brianna, that Whitney Houston, she doesn't sing with any type of deep, meaningful phrasing that makes you absorb what she says. Like, she's a powerful, gifted artist. And mm-hmm. I completely was like, oh, I'm sorry. This was a really big hit. I know most of the words, but I'm just saying them. I'm not taking any of it mm-hmm. on board. Well, surely she doesn't mean me, so it's fine. She means those kids over there. And she means her because she's Whitney Houston. Right. (laughs) And I mean. Right. Right. Wow. Well, you've given me a lot to think about. I will say. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) You've kind of broken my world wide open. (laughs) That's the big revelation we're going to take from this podcast on self-love. This is a really take on listening to Whitney Houston's greatest love of all song. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, I will say one of the things that I do think um, for me that has helped, you know, I talked about that juxtaposition of how I felt about myself, but maybe how, what was being kind of beamed at me in the world and the two things didn't really match up. Um, I do think that when I couldn't necessarily, when I can't feel like I can have 
love for myself or when I don't feel necessarily positive for myself, I do rely on uh, my spirituality and my faith uh, in those moments to um, to sometimes get me through. So if I'm just really struggling and just, again, that sense of it's usually coming from like, I feel X, like I feel okay, but like the world seems to be telling me I am not okay. So like, I don't know what's going on. I, I will admit I have leaned very heavily on faith and God to say, nope, you know what? I am okay. God, God says I'm okay. (laughs) So I'm going to go with it. Even if I personally can't believe it in this moment, I am going to be okay. And I think, you know, I think growing up as a biracial kid in the Midwest, um, I got a lot of messaging that I was not okay. (laughs) And I had to figure it out. Um, I had to figure out how to be okay because it it took a long time, right? It took took a lot of work. Um, And I couldn't always get there on my own. Uh, and so I did have to lean heavily again, that sense of leaning heavily to faith and God to say, look, uh, God made me this way. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that and say that if, if that's how I came out, then I must be all right. Um, and let me just back up. I must be better than all right. Um, and it's okay to be comfortable in my own skin and it's okay to not feel like I have to be uh, ashamed of how I look, ashamed of, well, I'll say it, ashamed of how I look or feel uncomfortable in certain situations or in certain um, settings. I think it took a long time for me to get there, uh, but I was able to do much of that because of, you know, being able to lean on faith and on God in that way. Um, so I do, I do think that sometimes if we can't, um, if we, excuse me, if we can't do it always on our own and being able to find sort of support, whether it's faith, it's, um, a family member, a trusted friend, um, finding some support uh, to be able to help us in that is can be really helpful. I agree. Because the thing that I wouldn't want people to do is to sort of love themselves less because they don't have enough self-love. Like we're always, I don't want to get people into that trap. And also I think one of the things that got in my way is I thought that once I became free of my flaws, then I would become more lovable and hence then I could love myself. And Mm -hmm. that is incorrect. What I perceive to be flaws are just the nature of who I am in this moment. And that is plenty good enough and worthy of love. I never look at a tree and a tree. What is a perfect tree? What does that even mean? The tree just is. I don't go, well, the tree has a little bit of a droop here and it has like some leaves that are yellow. So obviously the tree is not beautiful. It is not natural. It is not meant to be this way. It has small flaws here and bugs over there and blah, blah, blah. Not every leaf is absolutely perfectly green and not every branch is, you know, perfectly, I don't know, healthy. Some parts are dead. Some parts... 
nobody looks at nature that way. And mm -hmm. we're people. We're despite the fact that we have a somewhat destructive influence over the planet, so does other creatures. Uh, we just may do, we just may be the best at it. Um, there's that, but we're still part of nature. Like, I don't know where I got it in my mind that lovable meant flaw free, mm -hmm. but I think the fallacy is to think that I'm not good enough. What is it that Lee always said? The first lie is that you're not good enough. The second lie is that you can do something about it because it's predicated on the first lie. And I think it goes the same thing for self-love. I think I was, I started off loving myself. I learned the bad habit of not. And then I thought in order to love myself, I needed to change myself. And that is not what self-love is. It's mm -hmm. not waiting till you're better than where you are. And it's not saying that if I love myself where I am, I can never improve. It's saying that regardless as to whether or not I improve or not, or what I have and what I don't, I am enough and I love me and I will treat myself and not settle for other people who do not treat me thusly with that love. And that means saying no to people who are asking me for things that I don't want to give because it's not in the interest of my own, the interest of my own, I guess, because there's plenty of time where I felt a need to do things that were not beneficial to me. And in some many cases, incredibly harmful to me just to please them because I felt unworthy of love. And if I would have started from a place of loving myself, I would have been kinder to me. And when other people started to draw boundaries with me, especially when I was a lot younger and a lot less healthy, I thought of them as selfish. And I tried to villainize them. Like people villainized me when I even acted like a tad. Of, I don't know if you've ever done this. Like everybody's working free overtime at work and driving themselves crazy. And there's that one person at work who's just like, my kids need me at five o'clock or whatever reason they have, or they give no reason. And they say, the agreement was that I work from this time to this time. I am not available for overtime. And somehow they just didn't have to do it. And I used to spend my life resenting people like that until I realized if we were all like that, it would be impossible for certain bosses and companies and people to take advantage of the rest of us if it, mm -hmm. we refuse to do that. And um, I remember distinctly my sister during the pandemic, of course, it was a hard time. And all the people were doing overtime, you know, because it was a tough time and they were coming together as a company and they were doing it. And then, you know, the pandemic dragged on and on and on. And they kept saying, hey, um, you haven't put in your availability for overtime this weekend. And it started to be this company culture that now that they were working from home, which was such a luxury, even though it was a giant pain in the butt, they, they obviously needed to log in over the weekend too. And the commute that they're missing out on from LA, they might as well also work during those hours. And I remember how hard it was for her because she knew that the other people at her job were going to have to work more hours, but she wasn't going to work that weekend. So she, when they said, put in your availability, she fought and fought and fought the urge to put in hours that she really didn't want to give. And she put in not available because she needed the rest. She was breaking down. And 
you don't have to be on the verge of a breakdown to say, hey, these Saturdays and Sundays are for me. That was what we agreed upon. I understand circumstances change, but they can't, I'm not willing to do this anymore. And it was really funny because after she did that, other people at work started saying they weren't available for Saturdays and Sundays. And they started paying overtime to incentivize people. And it was just like, wow, Mm -hmm. I had not realized how much healthy boundaries is a part of expressing and manifesting and showing and demanding that you love yourself and that other people treat you. If they don't, if they don't love you, they at least have to respect you because you do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful um, example of how, how self-love can manifest in a way to just self-love, that idea of self-love. And then, you know, that other word we sometimes balk at, which is that sense of self-care. But that idea that if we love ourselves, we're going to take care of ourselves. And because, right, we would do it for, likely we would do it for someone else. So why wouldn't we be able to do it for ourselves? Um, And it just opens us up to be able to do, I found being able, again, the idea of self-love is not one that I'm necessarily comfortable with, but I'll say I've had being able to have more positive view of myself, I'm more comfortable there right now, um, has really increased my sense of self-worth so that I can draw some of those boundaries and so that I can say things like, yeah, I'm I'm going to say no to that, but then it allows me to say yes to other things and still, still, still have a sense of I'm being helpful. I am assisting. I am caring for other people, but I think, you know, it prevents me from feeling like I have to be responsible for everything and everyone because I don't, um, hard lesson to learn, but I'm getting there. Uh, So I really appreciate you sharing that example because it is important that with that sense of, you know, self-love or these, uh, the sense of positive, uh, positive thoughts about ourselves and self-love comes the self-care. And again, that idea that then we're just so much more available to do the things that we really want to do and to, um, you know, have that life experience that we really, that we are really looking for and that we really want to have. Because one of the things I found is that when I felt like my sense of worth was less about, you know, how I truly felt about myself and more about what I was able to accomplish and do for other people, sort of like you were explaining, I was, you know, so burned out, burning myself out and so kind of over committed. And, you know, and and a lot of this was pre pandemic, but um, because, you know, so many options were taken kind of taken off the table once the pandemic came, but um, so over committed and both professionally and personally that then I started kind of breaking down or burning out. And then I wasn't really doing the things I wanted to do or wasn't necessarily doing the things that I found were fulfilling or were, uh, were always the things that I felt like were in service of where I wanted to go with my life. And so I will say, well, 
certainly um, I am not, you know, if oh, I'm over, I'm not saying that there was any necessarily anything good that came out of the pandemic. But I will say, you know, especially in that first year, not being able to do much, you know, being in lockdown for however many months, and then sort of being in a self-imposed lockdown for several months after that, really gave me an excuse, I'll say, to set better boundaries because I had a reason to maybe not be doing things or to not uh, overcommit or to not um, uh, be doing as much as I was doing before. And that just gave me more space to do some of the more personal work that then allowed me to kind of get to this space where even though I'm super uncomfortable with it, I'm apparently talking about self-love in a public forum. Exactly. <laughs> One of the things that I find very freeing about this is that there are, because I was setting the strengths and realizing, oh, I'm a highly creative person. And, you know, I was always so focused on you never follow through, you don't do everything right, and you blah, 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 and all these other things. And listen, I could use some more follow through and I'll absolutely do that. But by focusing so much on like what I didn't do well, I missed out on the fun of enjoying what I'm good at. And mm -hmm. I really do think that allowing myself to love myself where I am, even though there's room for improvement. Like I remember seeing a video I was on um, like a podcast or something or a video conference or something. And they put it up on YouTube. And I remember thinking, I didn't know it was going to be on YouTube. I've got, you know, I'm all round faced and I have my you know hair back and I was starting to look at it. And I was like, and I didn't adjust the camera. Right. And I'm thinking of all these flaws. And then in the middle of it, there was like one thought and I was like, but I do look a little cute. Like my face, those are big cheeks and you've got big teeth. And I spent so much time thinking about, that I have giant teeth and all these huge cheeks, but it's kind of cute. And mm -hmm. why don't I just love that? Like not everybody can have huge cheeks. I mean, Jennifer Aniston can't, she'd have to spend tons of money to get them loaded with all the chubs that I've got in my face. And honestly, it's a cute look. Um, it's not necessarily the look that everyone's striving for, but <laughs> it's my look. And People respond to me because a lot of times I'm very happy and I have a face that shows that joy a lot of times. And mm. I enjoy that about me, despite the fact that, okay, sure, a lot of my chubby cheeks come from the fact that I am overweight, right? Um, but it doesn't mean I can't love them now. It doesn't mean I can't love my face as it is. Sure, I want to be healthier. I want to do more things, but I can love my, my chubby cheeks. Babies have chubby cheeks and we love them for it. I can love mine. And <laughs> honestly, it just makes it easier. Like I'm tired of moving through the world with so much weight and I want to have a good time. And if I'm worrying less about my giant teeth and my big cheeks and my fat thighs, and I could just wear shorts because I'm tired of being sweaty. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, mm -hmm. like, I, if I could just get in the swimsuit, just put on the swimsuit and go inner tubing or go into the water and just enjoy myself, why not? And if I could go even further in saying, hey, I love middle-aged me in this, this swimsuit. Uh, it's, you know, we haven't done body positivity because that one scares the hell out of us, but, but, but it's a coming, Brianna. I think it's a coming. Um, 
And before I get into the uh, what's obviously also coming is the mission. But before I get into that, is there anything else you wanted to add about self-love? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will just say, um, again, I just want to, I will say, one of the things that's been so helpful is to just working for me has been working on that sense of letting go of um, feeling that need to compare uh, myself to others and, and trying to catch that kind of do like a little strategic pause when I find myself kind of like comparing and that sense of compare and despair and just like pause that and try to reframe that like, that's really great for them. I wish them all the very best. This is what I'm doing over here. Um, and then, you know, when we talked about earlier, talking about flaws and just taking my, taking the mistakes that I've made and really looking, giving myself a break and trying to, especially that break from perfection and just because I have a tendency to see risk everywhere, <laughs> um, to say, well, if I make a mistake, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to own it and I will take that as a learning opportunity. Um, and then the other one, again, I just want to really make a plug for is really, if we can, um, and I know right now it, it can be a little bit challenging, but finding, um, if, if possible, just finding some really positive people, uh, to, to surround ourselves with that can be kind and honest. Um, I think, you know, we had, we didn't really talk about, um, the sense of, you know, when people give us input or feedback, there's this, there's this thing out there where people feel they need to be like brutally honest. And I just, I don't, I don't really subscribe to that, but I think there is a, a piece of where we can get feedback that's honest and kind. Um, and so just making sure that if, especially if right now, you know, especially I should say when you're working on improving that sense of positivity about yourself or working on improving your self-love, what really was helpful for me was just being around people who could be positive and help me be who who are kind and honest and constructive um, so that they could you know share when help me see when I was doing things well or help me see those positive things but then also you know help me be honest about like uh, maybe miss the mark there a little bit or let's maybe this is something that you could work on or you know but in a way that's going to be kind so that it doesn't just you know shut shut me down. So those are just a couple things that in working on, again, I'm because I didn't really think of it as self-love <laughs> until today, uh, but working on, you know, having a more positive view of myself. Those are some of the things that I found just help me cultivate that, uh, help me cultivate that. Absolutely. And I would say on some of the things that you may or may not want to work on, I think loving yourself anyway is a really good move not to fall into that trap because I've, I've done it before. Once I cure this, then I'll be worthy. And you're worthy right now as you are. You love yourself as you are um, because why shouldn't we love ourselves? And that brings us to this week's mission. Um, it's to listen to Whitney Houston's greatest love of all. No, it's to... <laughs> This week's mission is to make a list of things you love about you and or would like to love about you. Hmm? Some of those flaws, learn to love them. And then 
get to loving you. Just start. Just go for it. You have my permission. I love you. You can love you. It's going to be uncomfortably wonderful or just fantastic all on its own, depending on where you are on the spectrum of uh, advancement on that. Maybe you're that lady that throws your arms out into the world. I don't know. But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and now it's easier to connect with us. All you have to do is go to positiveviewpodcast.com. That's positiveviewpodcast.com and click on the message icon to leave us a voicemail. Maybe leave us a voicemail of something you love about yourself. That would be amazing. Uh, and just remember, new episodes come out every other Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast because it helps more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, you can share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon. <laughs>